Welcome everybody to our interview series. Uh, this is Steve along with Devin and our interview, our very special guest, Adam Stewart of One Man Left. Adam, thank you very much for joining us for this interview. We really, really appreciate it. Happy to be here. Good. I'm, I hope you yes. say that by the end of this. I hope you're still happy. Play your card. Yeah. So, so Adam, a um, little bit of background for Devin and I. Devin and I, I think it was, um, we both got iPads at the same time and we're always looking for games to play. And we came across a game called Tilt to Live. And this is a game that as we were working together, we lost um, hours and hours and hours competing with each other, trying to get top scores. And it just kind of consumed a lot of our time at work, unfortunately. Don't tell our employers. But we would just go back and forth trying to get, you know, top each other, the high score playing Tilt to Live. And you were one of the developers um, that created this wonderful pastime that Devin and I have. And that's something that we're always appreciative about, the people that make these fun games that we enjoy. So we wanted to talk to you, figure out, you know, what your story is, how you all came up with Tilt to Live where you went from there and just kind of get your general story on, you know, where you started. Like, I mean, do you have your first memory of a video game that got you started on this career path? It got me started on the career path. Uh, not really that, um, that I can think of when, when we were little, I would watch my brothers play the games. So they play like uh, Mega Man, Ninja Gaiden, Mario Kart, that kind of thing. And I didn't want to play because it was too much pressure to perform. And uh, I've I never get past like, the first couple of levels, so I just watch and take it all in, and then I would go outside and I would make up my own stuff based on what I had seen. So I had uh, like one was Monster Truck Mario Kart was one that I would just go outside okay. and make up, just sort of visualize how it would work and what the different uh, cars would look like and how the levels would go. And I had another one that uh, that really bugged me that I remembered. Uh, I it was right before Resident Evil Four came out. And what I had been working on in my imagination was, wouldn't it be cool if there's a game where it was a first-person shooter game and they would shoot at you and you could press a button right before the bullet came, you get a little prompt and you would like turn your head to the side and it would sort of whiz by your head. Okay. And uh, so I think I invented QuickTime events. <laughs> That's like the ultimate QuickTime event game. And then I saw the trailer for Resident Evil 4 and I went, man, they took my idea. But I was, but I was like, uh, I think I was 16 when that came out or something like that. So there's no like, <laughs> I've never going to make it, but I was a little bit miffed about that. Uh, so, so, so playing a lot of, so watching your brothers and your, your family, do, do you have, how many brothers do you have? Do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have two brothers, two sisters. So big family. Okay. Uh, and our, where do you fall in that line of siblings? I am the second to youngest. So, so you're, so you're, you're fourth son. Okay. You and I have something in common. I call it <laughs> fourth son syndrome where you're always passed up for everything because you're not the oldest. You're not, you know, the, the second, you're not the middle and you're not the youngest. So you're just kind of the fourth and you're forgotten. So I guess, you know, it's just kind of something that happens when you're the fourth child. I formed an alliance with the youngest. So we had, uh, he was the video game playing guy. He used to play with the controller upside down because he had learned it backwards. Like my brother had handed it, my older brother had handed it to him that way as a joke. And he learned it that way. And so he would beat all of his friends in Mortal Kombat with a Super Nintendo controller upside down. <laughs> that has to be like one of the coolest party tricks ever. Yeah, I wish I could have just put myself in that story and it would be a cool story about me, but it was <laughs> No, you then you're the brother that's like, hey, I bet you can't beat my brother who plays with the controller backwards. Ten dollars, right? Yeah. And then you just make tons of cash because he that's so that's so funny that he learned 
That's what brothers we do, right? Put real money on it. It would have been a good idea. But yeah, <laughs> I, I started can... playing later. But that was that was where I kind of I should have took that as a hint that I would like developing video games, uh, that I would go outside and make up my own. And it didn't occur to me till way later that that was sort of the seed of of where it started. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so from there, so how did you get started um, developing video games then? Alex came to me with a prototype on his phone called Tilter Space. And I said, you got to change that name because that is a terrible name for a game. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, uh, it was the arrow, black background, like a, like a space background and little red dots. And I think there were nukes and that was it. But they weren't really nukes. They were just circles that would get big and small. Which I think they still are circles that just get right. They're a little flashier. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, uh, "Do you want to help me finish this? We've been doing stuff. We've been having projects off and on since high school, like flash games and uh, Xbox i or Xbox Homebrew, I think it was called. Okay. And I'd do the artwork, and he'd uh, code them together, get them working, and then we'd sort of like jam on back and forth about." Uh, different power-up ideas and how things should work. So we've been working together on games in a not commercial way for a long time before before he came to me with Tilt Flip, but that was our first commercial one. And did that partnership just come about just from in school? You guys hung out at school together, just talked about games all the time, and that's just kind of, hey, let's just let's do this together? He, um, we, we got together in high school and he was drawing and coloring stuff in Photoshop. And I thought that was super cool because I had never touched a computer uh, up to ninth grade. We never had a good one. We had like the blue screen one that you could just write text okay. documents. With. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, he got me into that and I made him teach me Photoshop. And then uh, like at first I'd have him color them for me. And then I go, all right, teach me how to do it. And then the, it was flash was kind of the same way, like animate this for me. Okay. Now tell me how you did that. Cause I, I want to do it a little bit different. Uh, and that was, that was sort of how we started collaborating on stuff. Then he'd come with games and I'd be like, all right, you know, it'd be cool. I'm going to design you some characters and we'll do some, uh, we'll come up with some different weapons. Uh, there's one called gun style. that was really cool. It was like a, he was really into tribes. It's all our games are okay. multiplayer. It was, it was like a, a 2d, a 2d. Um, I don't even know how to describe that. You'd aim with the mouse, but it was was for moving, but it was 2d. And you could grind rails okay. and stuff like Tony Hawk. It was a really, it was a really fast-paced, twitchy game, and uh, you could do four v four on it, and it was just nuts. It was just grenades everywhere, and then you died. But <laughs> so I'm, and, and this is while you guys were in high school. So yeah. So I imagine yeah. you're pretty popular with everyone else. Like, hey, come play this game. You probably had a lot of people able to test your game since you know it's like hey come test this game in the computer yeah you lab. do have uh, no shortage of testers when you're in when you're in high school hey i made this come try it out because we were going to hang out anyway i'm going to make you right <laughs> I, i'm always interested in like you know high school years are pretty formative years for people did you have like a mentor like teacher that like encouraged both of you to to go down this path or was it very much like no one really understood what you guys were doing so you just kind of went in and did it on your own our high school was interesting because it was a technology magnet high school. So there was a computer for every student. They had like big labs in every classroom. Oh, wow. And like I said, that was the first time I'd ever touched a computer. So I learned a lot. Um, and Alex had gotten me so excited about what, what he was doing. And then he was always on his own doing um, like figuring out things like scripting for, for games and flash. And none of those were classes. There was all extra stuff that he just, uh, he had a passion for and just goofed around with. And we put a lot of uh, we put a lot of our 
our uh, free time into making games and making art. Very cool. So we, we did it. We did have an excellent. Um, it was a vocational school, so you could pick which um, which like vocation direction you wanted to go into. So we did advertising design is where we both ended up for some reason. It was the artsiest one, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like engineering and agriculture or whatever. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, so we ended up in there, and the teacher saw that we were kind of just like self learning. So he just kind of let us go. So we had like it almost felt like a two hour period where you would just do whatever you wanted, <laughs> and then oh nice. Would, you would enter that stuff into competitions and things, but there wasn't a lot. I don't remember there being a lot of, uh, a, a lot of like strict lesson plan stuff. He was just like, you guys are having fun with it and you're improving. So I'm going to let you, I'm going to get out of your way and let you figure it out. Well, that's awesome. So, so from that time, I mean, was there a lot of, did, did your family know that you were going to like, Hey, this is your passion, go for it. Or was there a lot of like, what are you doing? Why don't you go get a real job? Um, There's a conversations? Lot of there was a lot of what are you doing? It was not just my parents. It was me too. <laughs> uh, so I went to, I went to college at the Savannah college of art and design. They had a bunch of different majors you could do. Uh, game design was one and film was one. And they had these like open like Q and a things. So you could figure out what major you wanted to do. So I went to the game design one and they were, and I'd been doing games with Alex for a while where we came up with the project and, and they did the game rules and stuff ourselves. And I asked them if you could just become a game director or if you had to work your way up or what. And they said, you had to spend a, a bunch of years making uh, props and boxes and stuff first and then work your way up to director. And I'm young and I'm impatient. And I'm like, no, that's, that sounds awful. And then I went to the film people and I asked them the same thing. I was like, so can you just be a film director or what? And they were like, yeah, man, you can use a shopping cart as a dolly. You can do all kinds of things. <laughs> they were like super guerrilla indie minded people. Yeah, and uh, that was why I ended up going into film. I was like, "These are my people. They just they just want to make cool stuff, and they're not going to make me uh, jump through hoops to do it." Well, that also sounds very much like you know indie developers right now. It's like, hey, you got an idea and you got the passion, like go for it. If you're yeah. programming yeah. on you know a calculator, then you know what? By all means, go go program a, a game for a TI eighty six or a TI eighty three, whatever yeah. games we were playing on our calculators when we were supposed to be in you know actually doing work. So, so from there, so you guys, you know, I, I think you said that you went to film school. So was there a point where you're like, all right, I'm done with film school. Let's actually do this. Let's, let's do um, one man left full time. And let's just put our heads down, get this game out and then become super successful. Cause this game's going to be awesome. Cause I imagine that's how, you know, that was the thought process. Right? The future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we were never that optimistic. We, um, Film school ended because I figured out that I could just teach myself with books and that I was better doing that than I was in class. And I didn't feel like a film degree was going to get me anything. And I was back at home working at a logo place is where I ended up uh, just because film felt like it was too risky. So I was like, this is yeah. fine. I'm doing art. I'm enjoying that. And that's when Alex came with the prototype for Tilt to Live. And this was the first time. The difference for this one was it was the first time we were going to sell it. Uh, and it was right when the App Store was kind of fresh. So it was like right place, right time, right game. Yeah. We developed that thing part-time, like after hours. So Alex had oh, his wow. full-time coding job and then after hours we work on it because he's a crazy person. He's a machine. <laughs> and uh, I was doing um, freelance work when we, when we were working on Tilt to Live. So I could just like carve out part of my day and don't do any client stuff and just work on, on Tilt to Live. And it's not like the art needs for Tilt to Live. We're super, 
super complicated. It was mostly circles. Basically. I, I, I know you joke by saying that, but like the art style in Tilt to Live, as, as minimalistic as it is, it's like perfect for that game. Like yeah, everything on... Yeah, everything on screen is clear. You you know, there's never that moment. I mean, sometimes there's a moment like, where am I? But that's only when you lose your concentration. But like, I, I am very impressed by, you know, it is so clear to the player, like what is going on on screen and what you need to do. So like props to you for like coming up with that. I mean, a lot of people might joke, oh, it's just red circles with whites, you know, with white circles around it. But it's a very clean, very good looking game, especially like we haven't seen anything like this on mobile before. And it's like, Wow. I mean, I mean, it got us playing it for hundreds of hours competing against each other and just, you know, enjoying all that time um, trying to yeah, get that high score. There was something cathartic about, about all the, uh, about the weapon effects, especially the ice. I remember I was like begging Alex, please let it be when you hit the frozen guys that they pop. Because it used to just be they would freeze in place and then they'd awaken after. And I was yeah, like, you and, gotta and, make them pop when you hit them. And, and, the, and that sound of when they game. pop. <laughs> yeah, that sound when they pop is, I mean, it all comes together in a really fun, really tight package. Um, as, as a developer, because from us, like as consumers, I mean, we don't get to see all the conversations that haven't happened on the back end of arguing about, you know, do we make this pop? What about this power up? How fast should it move? I mean, from everything that we hear developers say, making games are hard, it's impossible, it's a, you know, it's a wonder that any game gets released. I mean, while you were in development, were there those moments of doubt, like, why am I doing this? I could be doing so many other things. Like, you know, do I keep doing this? Do we just push through? I mean, that's gotta be, that's gotta be in hard on. Projects, in the later projects, there's some of that, but that was, um, it was just, we were having fun. So you just come back with a fun idea and it wasn't that structured. It wasn't very high pressure because we weren't full-time um, depending on it for income. So I, I didn't think much of it while we were making it. It was just like, yeah, let's, this will be a cool weapon effect for the Vortex thing. And that's yeah. going to look neat. And can we please make the ice people explode? And <laughs> uh, it, little, little uh, sessions where we go back and forth with ideas for the different weapons. And, uh, and the new game modes, was those were the longer meetings. So like I that. was talking with my kids today because they play also and they suggested because I told them that we were going to be talking with the developers of um, Tilt to Live and they said, tell them to make a helicopter and put a helicopter in a game. I don't know why they thought this, but I said I would pass it on that they wanted a helicopter in Tilt to Live for some reason. I don't know why, I but I told them I would tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is helicopter-esque and it's pretty awesome. But I told them, I said, okay, I will Imagine let them know. I will pass it on. Imagine there's four wheels at the bottom or three wheels, however many wheels a helicopter has. I'm not sure. It's <laughs> and it's a spinning, spinning blades of death. So tell us, <laughs> tell us, Adam, about like launch day on Apple Store. I mean, is that like, hey, let's sit down, let's watch these numbers, let's just like put it out, forget about it, and you know, if it if it sells, it sells. If not, you know, I'm the guy that doesn't want to look for the first day, but Alex is the guy that's just refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> So he's sending me screenshots and I was, and it was like, Hey, we're climbing the charts. Hey, we're in the top. I don't even remember whatever the top it got to, but it was, it was way more than we expected. We thought we were going to have to make like 10 games to build up um, residual income from each. And they sort of accumulate into something that you could live off of. Mm -hmm. uh, none of us had quit our jobs when we launched the game. So we were just like, okay, whatever. It's our first one. I think it's pretty fun. And that was it. But uh 
yeah, it was bizarre watching it climb. And then you were like, wow. And I was, I was a lot quicker to be, Hey, let's do it full time. And Alex wanted to wait. He's a very pessimistic man. Yeah. He's like, got we got to make sure that this is legit because I'm quitting my, my real job, not your freelance job. <laughs> my boss might be a little miffed if I come back. <laughs> a little bit more pressure. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it worked out. And, um, the coolest thing was when I saw uh, there was a tweet by Jonan Vasquez about Tilt to Live, about how much fun he was having playing Tilt to Live. And I was like, Vader's in guys playing Tilt to Live. My, I, I can retire right now. That's fine. That yeah, I mean, that's good. Yeah, because I mean, you you guys hit the top of those charts um, for the App Store. I mean, you guys won a lot of awards for um, App of the Year um, from several publications that cover App Store. So, that, I mean, that had to have been like for your first um light for your first game to go all the way you know to the apple store that had to be like hey we can do this so like when you guys did decide to do it to like start um one man left i mean how how did that go were, were your family still on board or were they like yeah that's just you know you're still crazy for trying to do this whole game thing or yeah go for it go do it now you're famous no we'd and, already succeeded so there was no more judgment everybody was like <laughs> oh, you're i always I, I, believed in you <laughs> Yeah, I can't speak for Alex, but I did get a big head about it because I was like, hey, it's our first time. I heard this was hard. It doesn't seem to be hard. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with all you elder developers? We can do this and it the was first the, time. It was the next games where it starts to be, we get, like take it back down to earth and you're like, oh, so they're not all going to be on top of the charts. Like <laughs> it gets a little, yeah, it gets a little rougher. Yeah. So going from Tilt to Live, because then you guys did Tilt to, um, tilt to Live 2 all um tilt to live two also i think i guess that's the best way to say that and then you worked on outwitters um so it was actually it went tilt to live and then outwitters okay the uh the diversion there was i was tired of drawing like the the art needs for tilt to live are pretty simple you can knock them out in a a short amount of time and i just had I, i wanted to make more uh something a little more involved with characters and faces mm-hmm. and things yeah so uh i and i couldn't code so i was prototyping turn-based stuff because i can prototype that in um adobe illustrator is how i was doing it you can group objects together and clone them really easy so you yeah. can make a board game in that pretty uh it, it's a pretty cool tool for that um I, I i do remember the updates that you guys were putting out on outwitters showing that so and hey these are ideas and you guys were doing them in, in adobe um so going from Tilt to Live to a strategy-based game, that seems like a pretty interesting jump, right? It was, to, it was, yeah. <laughs> it could have gone in a more different direction. And, but, and uh, was that just based on, hey, we need to do something different? We can't do the same thing over and over again? Was that just, um, was that you pushing for that? Was that Alex pushing for that? It was, we thought whatever we did was going to just rock to the top of the charts. And, uh, and we were bored of working on Tilt to Live which was the worst business decision we ever made. We should have stuck with it for a while. If, cause if you have something that does that well, stick with it until, you know, you got everything you're going to get from that project before you move on. Don't move on because you're bored. Yep. Uh, which Outwitters did do well. Like it was downloaded. It was downloaded a lot of times as well, but I don't remember how many, but it's a free to play game. So it's a different model too. It was our first uh, approach to free to play. And we didn't have any consumables or anything. We wanted to do the uh, let's have them pay for content, you know that kind right. of thing. Let's do it the uh, let's do it the, the ethical way that we want to be treated. 
it's harder to make that work the conversion rates and stuff it's complicated yeah, so business free to play no it, it is very hard because every app nowadays is all right you can play for this amount of time before you have to start giving us money so that you can play more speed yeah, up the yeah. progress to do this i mean it's not very like for me like those models aren't fun um but like actually buying a game and like having it and knowing that, hey, I don't have to, in, you know, dump more money unless I want to, because a lot of times, you know, developers are now saying, hey, if you want to spend more money, here's a way to spend more money, but we're not going to stop you from playing. But, you know, speaking of Outwitters, like Devin and I were able to, we were in the beta test for Outwitters. Yeah. Um, we, we were among those initial testers. I think there, were, there was a handful, there's about 20 of them. So we played the game a lot. Um, got very frustrated at some of the other testers who were obviously cheating. Um, you know, we piss each other off also. I mean, when you're sitting next to each other, you're like, mm, this, is, this is what you get right here. <laughs> <laughs> so they it, probably could cheat early in early in development. I'm sure they could just like reinstall oh, the yeah. app, reveal the fog of war. That's where yep. you yep. uninstall. Yep. And then, and like, it's like, yeah, we know you guys are cheating because we were on the forums a lot talking with the person. Who's like, we know you're cheating. Stop it. We're supposed to test yeah. the game. We know you're cheating. <laughs> He's so like, a lot I'm of the best. Look at my record. We're like, you're such a cheater, dude. <laughs> Your record means jack. He's like, I'm it just showing cool. them what's wrong with their game. <laughs> it's like, they know. <laughs> you don't have to show them every game. They know. <laughs> <laughs> So we we had a lot of fun playing Outwitters, a lot of fun um, helping develop that. Like, um, and again, like your artwork made that game stand out at a time where there wasn't anything else like that on the app store. There wasn't other strategy games to where we could like, hey, take your turn and then, you know, where you could actually play against each other. So that was very, you know, something that was new at the time and we had a lot of fun with it. So going from the, you know, the development, the success um, of Tilt to Live and then going to Outwitters, I mean, was that something that was like, did you still have that same excitement through the development of Outwitters all the way, or was it? I mean, Outwitters were a little long, if I'm remembering the. Um, so I think it was like a two-year development cycle for that one, and there was some point where I just uh, I think I did the backgrounds for it like four or five times, just because I was like, Alex, I'm out of stuff to do. I'm just gonna do some more backgrounds. Here's some more ideas for characters that you don't have time to implement, but <laughs> here's some new yeah. backgrounds. <laughs> they got prettier and prettier, but. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't have a hard time maintaining my enthusiasm because I feel like I just, I, I get excited when I'm creating stuff. And if I finish creating a thing, like when I hit a bottleneck with Alex, I would prototype games. Yeah. And uh, like, I, I never ran out of, you never run out of stuff to do because you sort of make up your own work. My brain likes it. I'm guessing there's a lot of games in your head that you prototyped and you drew art for that just um, haven't come out yet, I'm guessing. I'm sure you have a backlog of games that you're like, yep, uh, this is the next one I'm going to develop, and then this is the next one. I have snippets, but while I'm working on something, I always have the next one kind of like um, nebulously trickling around. I'll have like four or five directions I can go based on <laughs> what's, what's about to happen. Is this one, if this one doesn't do well, we'll go something totally different. If this one does well, we'll follow it up with something similar so you can uh, keep the same audience engaged that, yeah. that like the first one. Yeah. So going from going from Outwitters, I mean, was, was there ever discussions about bringing more programmers on to the team or was it always like, nope, it's me and you, we'll do this. We just can't afford to do it. It's too risky to bring someone else on. Bringing other people on is an expensive uh, endeavor. We, uh, 
maybe during the tilt to live days we could have done it but after that we were like outwitters was doing just enough to keep both of us happy and then every game after that on mobile did a little less and a little less because it was getting more and more crowded on the store and it's getting harder to get the features um because we we would we would make a connection with somebody at apple where they'd be like hey we like your games uh so let us know what you're doing next and maybe we'll give you a, a feature for that one and then that guy would leave Apple, and then you're like, ah, oh, now, like, now we're just the same as everybody else. Got to start yeah. all over again. And it's got to be frustrating when there's thousands of games being made, you know, and published every day on, on the App Store. It's so, intimidating, yeah. So, I mean, how did, like, if you were to give advice to someone that's like, hey, I want to go make a game for the App Store, I mean, do you say, yeah, go for it, try it? Or do you say, no, maybe you shouldn't do that because it's really hard to you know, get return on investment. I left the apps. We stopped developing for the app store with space food truck. And that was like 2016, I think. So we've yeah. been gone for a while. Uh, and we left because it seemed like it's gotta be free to play if you're going that way. And this advice is like five years old. So I don't know if that's still the case, but I imagine it is. It seems uh, like the games are still like that. It's yeah, still and they, gotcha and games. There's, there's a, there's a certain amount of, um, there's a little too much consideration to the monetization as opposed to just making a gameplay experience that's fun and charging a price up front and going, this is what I, this is what I wanted you to play. Yeah. Instead of, here's what I wanted you to play, but then here's my little quarantine off place that you got to do until you give me some money. Yeah. So then moving and developing for steam, um, has that been, because I, I don't know exactly when, cause Alex is, is no longer with, um, with one man left. Correct. Is right. After, uh, after hex gamut, the original came out, uh, Alex had to go get a real job because we finally ran out of uh, of 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 tilt to live money. <laughs> so so from there, um, Adam, have you just been continuing on? Like, hey, I guess now I've got to learn to program. Is are you doing all of that work now? I hit that point where uh, Hex Gamut didn't work out, and I really really liked the game design for Hex Gamut, but I don't think it was well executed the first time. Like the feature set wasn't uh, a good complement for the game. It was, a, it was an asynchronous game on PC, and I didn't think that was the best way to play. The best way to play is live. So, uh, yeah, Alex had to go, and on the way out, I was like, hey, there's that blueprint thing in Unreal. If I wanted to, could I make a whole game in that? And usually he equivocates a lot, but he was like, yeah, pretty much. And that kind of caught my ear, and I spent all of 2019 doing the, uh, doing the read a book and teach yourself thing. Uh, to learn how to do the dev on my own. And then I was like, well, we've got this cool game design for Hex Gambit. I know this game is fun as long as you're not playing it asynchronously waiting for a turn that never comes. Yeah, you can yeah, actually right. take your second turn. You really like it. Uh, so and I've got the game design. That's the hard part is finding something fun. I've got uh, a bunch of voiceover stuff that we paid a bunch of money for and came out super good. And I really want to, to be able to hear it again. And I want to play it with my daughter one day. So I, uh, so I was like, yeah, let's do that one. I've got a head start on it. That's, that's a pretty good bet. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of liberating to, uh, to not have to negotiate all of the, um, all of the, all of the ideas back and forth yeah, or, or have to explain something that you just want to try. Because if you're, if you're not the programmer and you have an idea and you just want to try it, you've got to first explain it perfectly to the guy who can make it happen. <laughs> then you can see if it's fun or not. It's, it's, I like getting in and getting my hands dirty and, and 
tweaking tweaking numbers until I, until I like it, and then show it to somebody and go, "What do you think of this?" Uh, yeah, and you like, you're probably faster to be irrit irrit irrit. I can't say that word for some reason right now. Irrit. Iterate. There you go. Iterate. Thank you. So you can do that faster because you're like, I'm the only one that has to say, I can only say no to myself, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you're rapidly prototyping these things and that's, so are you doing, are you doing this by yourself also on top of extra freelance work or is this just, nope, this is what I'm doing exclusively decided, right now? I decided to bite the bullet because I have, uh, we, I do have a wife with a second income to help a little bit. Like we're bleeding money, but we're not bleeding it too hard. It's a, it's a, it's a calculated risk and it's not really a, it's not like if it fails, it's going to ruin me. So right. I, I, if, I figure the worst case, if, if the game doesn't find an audience, then I'll have a, a pretty awesome portfolio piece to take to wherever I go next. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about it. I feel really good about this one, and it's fun to work on. Uh, it's so, easier to get within my head uh, out into the game without having to negotiate it. So for, so for everyone listening, can you give them a quick pitch of what that is, like what the game is, why you're excited about it, and why you think everyone else should be excited about it? Scambit Respawned. That's what I'm calling it since we, uh, <laughs> we had to take the first one off the store. So this one is Hex Gambit Respawned. It's the, uh, the vision for the first game. If you liked Outwitters, um, I took – since Outwitters came out, I've been, I've been working on this prototype and reworking on this prototype for like four years off and on. And it's a fast-paced, turn-based PvP game that you can sit down with pretty much anybody and play. My wife will play with me, and she doesn't like games. Okay, uh, and wow. she has fun with it. So it's it's easy to learn, difficult to master. It, there's a lot more um, interesting possibilities uh, tactically than there was in Outwitters. There's no fog of war, so you can both gather around the screen and play it. Nice. Uh, you can hop over people's heads like checkers, which is hilarious and a lot of fun because uh, people come out of nowhere and just wreck you and it's pretty it's pretty exciting uh it's got full controller support so you can play it like a console game i'm pretty proud of that um i do have to ask you about the button choice on those <laughs> yeah i was like trying to play i'm like i have to rewire my brain this is not the button i ended my turn so many times when i've been playing <laughs> it and i'm like oh I did not want to do that, you know, because it's I the, confirm. Yeah, I know, but I'm just like, oh crap, what's the wrong button? Because uh, it's so hardwired into like, okay, this button is accept what you want to do, not in turn, you know, type of things. Oh yeah, the um, are you are you getting mixed up with the? It's, I've got it on Switch, the Nintendo Switch. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's like, on the Nintendo yeah. Switch, and that's why, like, so whenever I play the Switch, it takes me like an hour or two just to get get into like okay their stuff is over here because i'm playing with an xbox controller on my pc yeah. and so i'm like oh this is killing me <laughs> there's always the intention of maybe i could get it on the switch one day i have no <laughs> idea how hard it is to do i've got it switch dev kit i don't know if i have a contract still we had one for hex gambit i don't know if i could get grandfathered in or something <laughs> the whole process over but i would love to get it on the switch i have no idea how though yeah, that, that makes more sense now that you say it, it's because you're doing with that switch. Because I was like, why is he doing it like this? Yeah, <laughs> I thought about switching them because it's really not that hard to switch it <laughs> in, uh, in Unreal. I just like swap the uh, swap the wire. <laughs> yeah, it was just like okay, I have to remember to rewire my brain. You know, so like the first couple moves, I'm like, ah, dang it. Okay, let me start again. <laughs> but no, it, it's been pretty fun playing it, and uh, I'm like, yeah, this is totally Outwitters vibe. You know. 
but yeah, I've got I've got Captain Ults coming. So there's going to be ten different captains, and what I'm working on today is they're like if you're behind by a certain amount of victory points, you mm-hmm. can use a superpower to catch back up, and they've each got a different sort of thing they can do. Uh, it's it's cool. I have a lot of fun sitting down and play it, and I've got a lot of ideas of where I want to do with it. But I'm I'm hoping to be mostly done with development by the end of the year, and then pick a release date for next year sometime. Very cool. cool. And and with being able to work at home, like having something like you know COVID nineteen going around in the country being quarantined, this only helps you because like where else are you going to go? I guess I'm going to work on <laughs> yeah. the game, right? I barely noticed. It's just my nights are a lot more boring because that was normal when I would go find somebody to hang out with. It's like I've been doing this for years. So, Adam, as as a developer, I imagine there are times where you're just like, okay, I've got to stop looking at my project. Now it's time for me to play games. I mean, what games are you playing right now um, that is not for work? That is not for work. I'm playing, uh, I do one at a time because I have an attention span that, that only does one thing at a time. I'm playing Final Fantasy 12. Uh, what is the the remaster? They've got the fast okay. forward button. I love that. <laughs> and they have this. Uh, they have the gambit system in that, where you can kind of like write AIs for your for your crew, and then right. they just run around automated. And that feels so much like work to me right now because that was what I did all day was write the AIs for the for the <laughs> for X gambit. And then I got on, and they were like giving me the tutorial for how they do it in theirs. And I was like, not this Dude, again. <laughs> I already know how to do this. What are you not doing? Not this. this I don't need this tutorial. Are, are, there, are there games that you are playing now with your daughter? Because you said you have a daughter. Do you have, other, do you have other children also? She's two, so she doesn't. She's not, she's not ready. <laughs> she's not there yet. <laughs> this is she's the playing Tope Live the other day. And it's just like, she's, she slides back and forth on the, on the, on the bottom <laughs> of the screen. Yeah. And then dies, yeah. and in Tilt to Live 2, they have that thing where we have the re- the revival mechanic where you kind of like bounce around the screen. Yeah. That's her favorite part of the game is when she dies, which is fortunate gotta, because it does it a lot. You've got to get that achievement where you have to bounce um, back and forth on the screen in order so many times to get that achievement, so... <laughs> I am having trouble speaking. No, it's it's just... It's always fun when we get to talk to people that make these games because I think, unfortunately player some people tend to forget that humans make games and it's always like hey how dare you make this decision like devin's like super upset that you have the confirm button mapped to the wrong button right <laughs> it, i mean and, it you makes know, sense now that i know why why it is i'm like why would he do this and now i know <laughs> I mean, oh, I mean, to- <laughs> i'm just happy you're playing honestly you can complain all you want as long as you're playing the game makes me happy that's, and, and that's i'm always I'm always curious about that as a developer because sometimes you do just get the hatred of the internet piled on you for whatever reason, right? Um, whether it's warranted or not. I mean, it's something that that unfortunately happens in the industry. Is that something that you and Alex had ever experienced based on some of the games, some of the decisions that you made that there was just, you know, why yeah, is there yeah, this was... type of backlash? X Gambit was one. Well, and it was warranted backlash because X Gambit was a pretty big disappointment for a lot of people. So uh, we had a Kickstarter for Hex Gambit. It was like $14,000, I think. So I paid for, I think, like half of our sound budget, maybe. Yeah. And uh, we, I sat down with Alex and we, we uh, scoped it out. And we were like, I think we can get it done in a year. And it went on for two years. And that's two years with no paycheck. And we're trying to get it onto the Switch and the uh, and PC at the same time. And it, it just, uh, we just ran out of time. Like, I can't. Uh, Alex was like, I can't do it anymore. I got health insurance and I can't afford it off of this. So I got to go find something, something real. 
So, yeah, he had to go, and uh, they were not happy. The The Switch people were not happy. The PC people got it, and then there was nobody taking turns, so they weren't happy. <laughs> but for, that was their fault. Yeah. I, I take I mean, that back. I don't want to get any backlash. <laughs> We'll just, we'll it was just not their fault, but there was no, there was nobody there to play with. So there, they, and there was no local play to fall back on for the original hex gambit. Yeah. So you had just a brick of a game, and I don't blame them for being mad about it. I was mad about it. I was out a lot of money too. Uh, yeah. Propping up development for that, so uh, that one was hard. And the Switch version never came, so they all, they were all pretty miffed about that. I'm using miffed a lot today. They, were, they had beef about that. I'm trying not That's to curse. Word, word of the day. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was a tough situation, and I'm trying to make it up to them. They've all got keys for for X Gambit Respawn, and whatever I can, whatever I can make that thing do, they're gonna get. Um, yeah. and, and I'm sure also on top of that, I mean, you probably have those fans that have been with you, following you for the entirety of the time. That probably just, I mean, they're there to support you. They believe in what you're doing. They're excited for you. Like, hey, whatever you're going to do, we're going to follow. You know, we know that sometimes, you know, development stuff happens, right? It's just part of the industry. Stuff happens. And I think that's one of the things that we try to, like, talk about. That, that one was on us, though. That was completely our fault. Yeah. We, we, we overpromised and we couldn't deliver on it. And then after Alex was gone, I was like, well, I don't know how to program, so I can't make it up to you. So I started <laughs> figuring that out. I mean, that, uh, I that's, a, that that's a pretty big, that's a pretty <laughs> big there. commitment though. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't like, all for them. Like I, I want to stay in the industry and it's it, the, the choice after, after Hex Gambit flopped, the choice was I can go be a freelance artist and I know exactly what happens if I do that. I will forget everything I know about game design because I'll be focused on this yeah. and this, that'll be the last game you ever made. Uh, or I could double down and uh, you know, take the hit for the for the year or two that it takes to get Hex Gambit respawned out, and and see what happens. See if I can turn it around. And I I feel good about it. Like I feel like it's the coolest thing I've ever worked on. Uh, so we'll see what that's worth. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it has to be worth something. I mean, if it's if you feel good about something, it, I mean. It, it would be worse if you're working on this and you're like, ah, I really don't want to be doing this right now. I could be doing anything else. But I mean, if you're excited, then I no, think thinking passion about the other things, thinking about, I, I did freelance uh, like a couple of jobs in the middle and it just reminded me how, <laughs> what that life was like. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to do, I don't want to do color revisions anymore <laughs> or like little typography tweaks or no, I don't want to do it. If I can help it. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, Adam, I am very, very appreciative of you agreeing to come on and chat with us. Um, I think it's important that people hear about people that actually make games so that they remember that humans make games. And you know what? It's it's not the end of the world if something is not exactly the way that you want you wanted in that game. Because, you know, sometimes things have things are the way they are for a reason. And Devin will get over having a confirmation button on the map to the wrong you button because that's just the way it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys can feel free to complain too. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just for fun. If you're just goofing off and complaining, that's fine. I don't have a, I don't have any problem with that. I complain about games too. I complained no, about the Final Fantasy AI thing in two seconds ago. <laughs> everybody's, everybody's got something. Yeah, and, and and I think that's that's the fun thing about being able to chat about video games. I mean, they're they bring us together. They create discussion. I mean, it's art. 
I've always believed that video games are art and there's so much to look at and so much to enjoy. And, you know, getting to talk to people that make that art has always been something that is that is super fun for me to do because as much as I love playing games, I just love the stories behind the games. I love hearing about the little decisions. I love hearing about, Hey, this time I almost, you know, Alex wanted to punch me in the face because I said, you know, <laughs> we don't want, we don't want it to, we don't want to do it this way. I mean, it's those fun stories that I well, think. Thankfully, um, Alex was, uh, we never had a shared office. We did it remote all the time. So no one ever got to punch anybody in the face <laughs> so all of our time together. There just fist emojis sometimes <laughs> like this. imagine this emoji punching you in the face just but, um, <laughs> no i we we really appreciate the time adam is there um do you want to plug uh you can plug hex gamut um hex gamut of course is there somewhere where you want them to go uh our listeners to go and find out that information just to the steam page or to your website yeah, go go search on steam for hex gamut respawn there's a demo up and I will be updating that demo with the captain uh, superpowers that I was talking about uh, sometime next month. And um, wish list, please wish list. That helps me uh, get some visibility. If you if you like what you play, because I mean you can try it. <laughs> yeah. So very cool, Adam. Thank you so much for your time. We really really appreciate it. And maybe we'll 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 hit you up again once everything is, um, is ready to go live. And then we can chat and talk about the the amazing success that you're having when your game when your game launches. So that would be cool. You can and then you can do like a before and after where I'm where I come back next time and I'm like, <laughs> so it's like almost ready. <laughs> but I have I mean, to delay another five months. <laughs> you still have a full set of hair, so that's always a good sign for me when people still have their hair right during development. You see the the before I haven't pictures. Haven't ripped anything out or lost anything for for natural causes yet. Yeah, <laughs> so. No, Adam, we, we really, yeah, we really appreciate it. And we would love to talk to you again sometime. Yeah, so, absolutely. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. This has been an interview with Adam Stewart of One Man Left. Um, please go check out the Steam page, go to the website, One Man Left, um, get all that information, help out a developer. And until next time, follow us remember, on Twitter at One Man Left also. Oh right. yeah, follow on Twitter. And until next time, remember that humans make video games and be good to each other. I have feelings.